Renegade soldier when I see one. My name is Matthew Kroll. And higher, further, faster, baby. I'm Carly Houston. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Captain Marvel. Now, as you can glean uh, from my co-host's uh, quote at the beginning of this episode, Shahir Dowd is not here for another week. I promise you I will find him. But until then, I've brought the absolute most wonderful co-host for this show. Fellow humans, it is my distinct honor and privilege to introduce to you my co host for this discussion on the 21st entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whom I've known for almost 12 years, all the way back to our MTVU days. She's a writer and director of such films as Suicide Kale, along with being the creator of two comic series, The Avant-Garde and Heavy Vinyl, which you can and should pick up right this very minute, and the co-founder of Scheme Machine Studios. Please put your hands together in whatever physical space you are occupying while consuming this audio for Carla Houston! Hello. How are you? I'm so good. It's so good to see your face. I know. Everyone out there, I know this isn't a visual medium, but I get to see... Matt's lovely face. Right well, now. I listen, I have I do have a, a human face. I am not currently a scroll. Uh, and that's always a plus. Carly, but, it's, but it's, a scroll could have a human face. So you telling me you're not a scroll actually just makes me concerned that you might be a scroll. You're that's just semantics. I don't think we should be we should, we're not here to discuss whether or not I am part of a uh, infiltrating race of, of 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 creatures from a faraway galaxy. We are here to talk about Captain Marvel, but Carly, first and foremost, I haven't spoken to you uh, in, in a little bit. I think the last time I actually wow. saw your face in an actual uh, physical space, was it was it like one of the Comic-Con shows in San, in San, when we edited it in LA? But like... Yes, it was. It was, um, it was Guy Code Honors. Oh, shot wow. At, yeah, shot at Comic-Con in San Diego and we were editing it in Santa Monica. That's right. And it was you and me and Shahir and a bunch of other folks that go all the way back to the old MTVU days. And that was like 2008. Maybe I have no idea. <laughs> it must have been. It must have been right when I first moved out here. Yeah, it was. You had only been gone for about a year, I believe. So then it was maybe like 2013. Okay, so maybe it's a little bit. Time is. Yeah. Time is uh, is not my friend. Mem- remembering time is not my friend. But, Same. Um, but yeah, no, I've been, uh, you know, since we, we haven't got to physically hang out, I've uh, been following all of the stuff that you've been doing, which has been uh, freaking cool. Uh, I've been, no, I, mean, I mean, I'm sorry I had to sing it. I, you know, I wanted to introduce you properly because you've been <laughs> fucking killing it. Uh, oh. You're, I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> I, yes, I would imagine so. Um, I'm, And that's kind of, because of all of the... Um, the amazing work that you do and the and the craft that you bring to it and and also just because of I know you as a person, I thought you would be the absolute perfect person to discuss uh, Captain Marvel with today. I could not be more honored to be <laughs> your Captain Marvel co-host slash guest. Um, full co-host. I, full co-host. I've been waiting, waiting this film since the day it was announced. And... Uh, 
Yeah, so, I'm excited. So let me ask you this, uh, just sort of starting off. Everyone on this show knows that I am a MCU and Marvel shill from the get-go. So no one needs to be like, Matt, what's your stance here? Uh, what's up? What's your history with um, with Marvel Comics, the MCU, and, and Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers in general? Well... My history with all things Marvel is uh, from from a young age, I was really into comic books. Um, and so I was more of a X-Men reader and fan, but I really did get, I got really into Spider-Man and Captain America for a while. Yeah. Um, didn't get into Captain Marvel until I was an adult. Um, and then, you know, in the last couple of years, I've been writing comic books, which is so weird. Yeah. Um, which is sort of like, you know, I've always been a fan, but it's kind of like, allowed slash for slash enabled me to indulge a lot more than I had been previously. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's been nice to, to be reading more comic books again. And, and right now it's like, I've, I've been in a bit of a bit of a deadline crunch with some of the books I'm writing. So I try not to read any comic books when I'm writing comic books. That makes sense. So Yeah. I don't, and not like, you know, any of the, like the MCU would like affect my ability to write comic books about like a basketball team with no superpowers, but I don't know. It's just, it's easier to compartmentalize my brain. And then as far as the films go, um, you know, I was, I was in, I was in on day one, you know, with Iron Man. And then, uh, you know, I, the first Avengers was pretty rad. Um, and then I kind of fell off in the middle a little bit. I kind of had fatigue. Um, but, uh, came roaring back uh, in the last like two years and have just been back in my dweeby fandom. Nice. Doing good about it. nice. Actually, I think now that we're sort of recollecting the, the time period in which we used to work together, I want to say that you and I probably nerded out for the first time at the Iron Man trailer together at work. That probably, because I remember watching that in the edit. Then uh, we definitely watched it together and freaked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is oh, it's a nice full circle thing. <laughs> oh, back when our offices were in the East Village. Oh like my that. God, seven seventy Broadway. I, I'm sorry, oh. this is not interesting to anyone but you and me. But I don't I care because that building was a delight, and every MTV building I've worked at since then has <laughs> progressively terrible. gotten worse, or yep. at least closer to the heart of Times Square. Exactly, which is, again, worse. Yes, yes. There's also 345 Hudson for those of you who work in the Viacom circles, which is fine, but it's no 770. And the space is weird. Well, actually, actually, uh, a sort of tangential question before we get into the film. Uh, How I've known you, obviously, as a creative for a long period of time, but then uh, how did you actually get into going from just a comic fan who worked in, in production and worked in, in media to actually getting to write your own comic book. Cause I've read, I've read, um, heavy vinyl and I absolutely loved it. Um, mm. but I, I've yet to pick up the avant-garde, but that is next on my list. I have one comic store that I actually walked back and forth from that is never open between when I leave my apartment and go to therapy. Uh, and, <laughs> and, um, I need to, I need to like find a different time so I can swing in there. But like what, how did, how did that process happen? That, that transition? Um, the, it, it, it was, a it was kind of a happenstance, okay. I guess. Um, you know, I, I uh, know a bunch of people at Boom, and um, the opportunity arose to pitch some books to Boom Studios. Uh, and I was kind of like, I'm not, I'm not a writer. Like, I'm not a writer. I'm just like a director or an editor. Like, I don't, I don't know about that. And they're like, just, just do it, just do it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> um, and after a lot of back and forth, we, um, one of my original pitches, which turned into, ended up being uh, heavy vinyl. 
And then they were like, okay, cool. Um, you're going to write this now. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And there was a whole process of like, maybe I'll have a co-writer. Let's try to make that work. And it just didn't work mostly due to people's schedules. I met a lot of very, very awesome people who I love. Um, and it just didn't work out for scheduling reasons. And then it was kind of like, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to write this myself, aren't I? And it was like, yeah, and you're going to be fine. And they had like an enormous amount of trust and faith in me, which, um, Honestly, I've never really had in any other moment in my career. I mean, you know that that thing, and I'm sure you've experienced this, where like you want to do a job or a specific role, and it's like, have you done this specific thing before? And you're like, well, no, but I know I could do it because I've done these other things. Right. And then you don't get the job because they have no faith in anyone's ability to be creative or do my, work. My favorite example of that is when you're applying. Even it, most of the time, honestly, it's for jobs that I didn't want, and I'd, they'd be like, "Well, do you have eight years of whatever this specific show's involvement is?" And you're like, "No, I'm applying for the show." They're like, "Well, then you can't have it." And you're like, "What?" It's like, "Why?" Your applicant pool must be very small. <laughs> yeah, like you're 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 shooting for one or two specific people, which I am not. <laughs> yeah. So why even take the time to do this? I never understood. But it was incredible. They, they like, actually, like, took a chance. I mean, like, you know, based on my, like, film work and, yeah. and other stuff I had done. You know, I wasn't, like, completely out of the blue, but a little out of the blue. And, uh, and, and, it, and yeah, and the, rest, and the rest, as I say, is history. Oh, that's cool as shit. I love that. I, and I'm very, I was, I was so, so pumped. Cool. <laughs> I was so pumped when I saw you were doing the books. And because, uh, obviously, you know, uh, comics have been a, a favorite of mine as well. And, uh, oh, yes. It is. Uh, it's always fantastic when you have people you love doing lovely things. So uh, enough gushing on on <laughs> you and our history and our past. Let's look. <laughs> let's look to the future uh, yes. uh, of of Captain Marvel. And as we discuss this, uh, dearest listeners, if you'd like to send us your thoughts about Captain Marvel or anything we discuss, hell, give us your thoughts on Carly and I's shared past. If you'd like to write fan fiction, that's fine. You can write it it's in okay. onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or you can add us at onlymoviepod on Twitter. Uh, also, uh, you know, uh, you know, typical shills, please give us stars on iTunes. We'll, you know, we'll take whatever you can spare, but we do like the fives. Um, okay. Give the five. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to first read how IMDb describes Captain Marvel. Let's do this. Okay. Carol Danvers becomes one of the universe's most powerful heroes when Earth is caught in the middle of a galactic war between two alien races. Technically true. Technically um, true. I mean, hard to kind of distill this film into one sentence yes yes i i always enjoy the attempt yeah it's like (laughs) oh you tried yay uh i want i want you to start off give me your first thoughts uh uh after you walked out of the theater uh after captain marvel i walked out of the theater and i was like i bet i could punch a hole in the ceiling (laughs) that was my the first thing i said out loud to, to the group of friends i went with i was like i bet we could i bet if we all just tried really hard we could all just bust through the ceiling because it felt, I felt like we all had superpowers walking it, out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, not only were there actually many, 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 many times where she punched literally through the floor or the ceiling of what she yep. was doing, but it definitely <laughs> gave that vibe. Um, it definitely gave that sort of, um, which, which, while I love each of the Marvel 
films, uh, but they, I would say they're like children where you're, you, you're going to have your favorites no matter what you say. Sure, um, sure, sure. This one is, was one of, the, one of the, the bunch that sort of really did give that energy walking out of the theater. Now, I actually didn't get to – because I wanted to um, – get this uh, discussion out as quickly as possible. And I knew we had a window when we uh, could record this. I actually uh, just saw it today at 10 a.m., which felt suiting. I mean, it's International Women's Day when we're recording this. So happy International Women's Day to you. Uh, To us all. To us all. uh, (laughs) But no, uh, so I saw it at 10 a.m. by myself, (laughs) which seeing a a, uh, 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 empowering sort of bombastic action flick by yourself is always a little bit weird, um, which yeah. might be why I'm a little bit, uh, I don't want to say twitchy, but just sort of a little more energy than I usually have right now as well, because you are the first human being whom I've talked to about this film. Um, I, yeah, you haven't had uh, anyone to talk to about this yet. So no. You're, it's all in you still. It is. Uh, I, I, what, you do- like when I, I saw, the first time I saw Spider-Verse, because obviously I had to see it several times. Oh, yes. The first time I saw Spider-Verse, I saw it alone. Walking out of there, like my body was on fire. Like I was just like, ah! like I just felt so crazy. Like I need to tell everyone. I need to talk to everyone. I need to scream about how amazing this movie. Like, so I understand the energy that is yes. that you're dealing with right now. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so uh, I guess we'll sort of get into a little bit of uh, of first thoughts because I mean I I feel like it's safe to say uh, we both liked it. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> definitely liked it. Um, something I really dug about it, and we're gonna get slowly into spoilers. We'll try to stay off them for as long as we can. Um, but something I really enjoyed. This is, I guess, a minor spoiler, but you really should just go watch the movie before you continue on. Is this was not a story. Uh, this was not a typical origin story. Um, it's not. I am very glad that the typical origin stories have sort of died off or even become a little bit of a, of a parody of themselves at this point. Yeah. I mean, even with Spider-Man Homecoming, they're finally like, yeah. yeah, everyone knows who Spider-Man is and how he became Spider-Man. We don't need to do this again. <laughs> yeah. um, in this particular case, I, you know, not everyone does know Carol Danvers' uh, origin story, but I really respected the fact that they didn't just give it – uh, sort of a standard, like the Iron Man paradigm that they kind of gave Doctor Strange. Yeah, um, it felt it felt fresh to me in a in a way that um, <laughs> that no amount of fucking bullshit crybabies on Rotten Tomatoes can possibly taint. <laughs> uh, that's a that... fucking nightmare. I God. Oh, it's I can't. I uh, sorry. I, I was I was trying not to go into that yet, but it just came up when I said it's fresh, and it was just ah. Um, go in your head. Yeah. Um. But so I really appreciated that. Um. What else did I really really like? Sort of small non spoilery things. Uh. The the de aging I, I thought was fucking amazing on Samuel that Jackson. Was really well done because like that could that has the ability to be very bad. Uncanny Valley was not impressed. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, wow, they've, they nailed that. Cause I was, I was really like, there were moments where his face is like the whole screen. And I was definitely like scrutinizing it. I was like, all right, can, does this look like real fake? This is uncanny Valley. And it really looked good. Yeah. I was very impressed with that effect. So I know they've been playing with it throughout doing the MCU, whatever teams they have doing this, Michael Douglas being the most impressive version. And I think Peggy Carter probably re-aging her was probably the least impressive of their age switcheroos (laughs) uh, back in either, if that might've been winter soldier, 
I think it was. I think she passes away in Winter Soldier. No, in Civil War, she passes away. Um, yeah, I think it's so weird. I mean, I've watched, uh, uh, and listeners of this show know I've gone back recently, uh, actually with uh, Girl Code Shalia Evans. Uh, we went back and did a phase one, phase two, and phase three thing in lead up to uh, Infinity War. Oh, that's good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was thoroughly impressed. And in all of those previous Marvel films, the de-aging, uh, I felt like they... As an editor, I was looking at it and I was like, oh, yes, they knew when to cut when they thought that it was getting too like they knew the right duration of the angle before your brain started clipping it into like Uncanny Valley. And so I thought they'd do that a lot here and they didn't. No, they held on him. He's like he's a there are medium and tight shots of him that go on for a while. Yeah. Which was like I was like, is this like. I mean, like, I guess it's sort of like, yeah, he's talking or like, he's, you know, like whatever, like, like the story dictates this shot. But also I'm like, it's a little bit of a flex. Yeah, it 100 percent was. In <laughs> fact, the only time and there was one or two shots of Coulson, actually, where I was like, OK, that looks a little rubbery, but I wasn't I didn't even care. But one, yeah. there was one shot of Samuel L. Jackson, I think, in the second act where they're like in the records place or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, where he's running. And it was definitely like actual Samuel L. Jackson running that they then de-aged or did whatever. But he moved like an older man. <laughs> like I could just tell it was that was not like action guy movement. That was like no, a little shuffle, uh, which it is was, whatever. It's fine. It was definitely a little dad. <laughs> yeah, it was a dad shuffle. It was uh, a little bit of a dad run. But other than that, I, I thought they did an excellent job there. Uh, yeah, that was impressive. What about you? What about some first thought stuff? Uh, if you can first think of non-spoilery stuff. things first. Otherwise, okay. we'll just dive right into it. Okay. So my first thought is that this movie had so much story to tell. Yes. And it did it in two hours, which was unbelievable, considering that these movies are normally much longer than that. I'm su- such a fan of keeping a movie at two hours or under. So I was thrilled that the <laughs> runtime was like two and change. I was like, no way. Um, so just on like a on a purely like how much stuff you're packing into a space, I thought that was incredibly impressive. They had a lot to do. Yes. And I think for the most part, they pulled it off really well. I do think that it's not the same origin story thing, but I think it suffers from some of the same first first film introducing a character issues, even though it is not your normal right. uh, arc of the origin story. The The... I think it's the closest probably to the first Thor just because it's a lot of not not in not in what happens, but in mm-hmm. in. Um, and, and it's not even in tone for Carol because she was never fish out of water. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Thor is a totally different. Like, but but, th- but yeah. the, the, almost like the. Um, the stories arc was more like, because you started fantastical, you went down to earth, then you end fantastical. Like that sort of... True. Uh, it, character-wise, no. Plot-wise, probably a little bit. But with some, I think, clever reshuffles in the edit. Um, it's It's this... Because you're you, it's a mix of like wacky space adventures. Yep. Earth in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> and then introducing a brand new hero to an audience that is a mix of people who are dying for her and are terrified of her and also tying it into the storyline of Avengers. That's four huge, huge, heavy lifts that the team had to deal with on this. And it's, 
I mean, it's like incredible that it comes together in such a coherent story. Yeah. Yeah. And is entertaining and is fun. And, but like, wow. Yeah. My I, first thought is just kind of like, wow, that was a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> listen, if the MCU knows one thing at this point, it is plate yeah. spinning. Oh, yeah. uh, they are masters at sort of balance, the balancing act of keeping all of their stuff together. Something that I haven't really seen in any, at this level, uh, I don't think really anyone has in a visual medium mm-hmm. before. No way. Um, the, especially, you know, across so many different creators doing things yeah. that are kind of tied together. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the one thing I will say that kind of, um, I, I, I like trying to look at when I really do love a film like I loved Captain Marvel. I like trying to take the one or two things where I was like, eh, not so much. Uh, one of those things, while I did love uh, every song in the movie, I, f- I was getting uh, every once in a while for one or two of the tracks when they hit, I was getting like a, a, t- a, a, a PTSD moment of Suicide Squad hitting me in the head. <laughs> Uh, and not that and there's not a good PTSD. No, yes. uh, and I do not want to, um, I'm not saying that as a, even a, a film style or construction or quality thing. It's just what Suicide Squad did, uh, was it leaned on a bunch of really weird pop cult, pop music sort of cues to it. And it turned it into, from a movie that made no sense into a series of 19 music videos that made no sense. This doesn't yep. do that at all, but what no. it does do is like. By the time I think I'm just a girl played from No Doubt, I was like, oh, of course this is going to be another, like, pop song fight. Yeah. Like, and I was just like, and again, it's a minor gripe, but I was like, I was like, part of me likes this, and part of me is like, just let's, let's see some, like, let's just, like, let it breathe on its own for a second. I know. I felt the same way. Like, and, and this coming from someone who writes a comic book series set in 1998 and exhaustively researched series set in 1998, (laughs) mind you, where every single, if you were to comb through volume one of heavy vinyl, every pop cultural reference is accurate to the week and if not the day. Yeah. So I'm a, and and I'm a nineties kid all the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so I was so excited about the nineties ness of it. And some of the music moments were awesome like garbage the moment when they played garbage yes i was like basically out of my seat Mm -hmm. but i'm just a girl (laughs) i started (laughs) laughing yeah yeah it wasn't the best moment uh i was like i was like my my wife robin leaned over to me at that moment and she goes song's a bit on the nose (laughs) but i get one but also it's like it's fun it's fun like again this is such a minor gripe yes but like and i live for 90s references, 90s music it is my favorite everything. Some of those moments felt a little like, hey, don't forget, it's 1995. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then other moments with the kind of nostalgia were so perfect, like the, the CD-ROM bit yes. was perfect yes and that not, was so funny and i don't i do don't want to sort of like uh poo poo on on the music choice in general i actually thought when she goes back the second time to speak to this the intelligence supreme what was it i never can remember the creed nonsense supreme, supreme intelligence, intelligence? Yeah. uh p- played by holy shit annette benning annette benning's in this movie uh who is also which i do want to talk about next also marvell which was a fucking bold and kick-ass choice uh, yeah. the, but, but when, uh, the second time she goes to speak to the Supreme Intelligence and Nirvana's come as you are 
played. I was like, and like it, at first I had the tinge and it was like, no, this is perfect. Like it I, was so rad. That yeah. was another rad cue. Garbage and the Nirvana cue were my two were the, that I like. Definitely the two best ones. Um, and the rest of them, other than I'm just a girl, happened at um, like people were playing the music in the background. It was more diegetic. Yeah. 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 Ooh, good word. Did I say that word correctly? Did, yeah. Have you been talking to Shahir? Don't use the big words when, when he's – I can't – this is why I, I like doing this is because he can't make me feel dumb. Um, no. Um, I don't want to make you feel dumb. Now. No, no, no. Keep using all the big words. It, it, it definitely helps That's me. That's the only big word I know. Oh, no. Um, let's talk about – what else? What else? What else? That was my only I'm, – I'm trying to think if there's any other gripe, and I don't honestly think there was. Uh, did you I, have – I. I fucking loved it. Yeah, it was <laughs> real fucking fun. And I want to – so this film – and now I guess we've been talking for almost a half hour. Uh, so I want to get into full-blown spoiler territory. It's so time. This is time uh, where we will uh, rip the Band-Aid off and that's happening yeah. right that's meow. Just... <laughs> Very much important pun intended because oh yeah, uh, holy shit! Let's you know I didn't want to talk about this right away, but Goose the Cat, which oh Goose the Cat, I obviously I'm a sucker for cats. Everyone everyone sort of knows that about me, but uh, I know so Goose is actually I believe uh, a cat named Chewy in the comic books, and obviously Correct. they didn't want to cross those streams, even though they totally yeah. could. Yeah. Um, then they'd have to answer the question of like, it, does Star Wars exist as a film in the MCU? Mm. And we don't want to get yeah. that started. Um, I know that that then you just sort of the universe folds in on itself, and then yeah, we don't then then then, <laughs> then we just never go to the theater. Um, no, uh, it, it, Goose was actually a flurkin. Which I saw Goose in the advertising for this film, and I was like, "And there's a cat. It's real important in the trailer. It's on the red yes. carpet. It has its own character poster." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "What? Okay." And I was like, "Is this going to be like an actual Marvel? I mean, it is a Marvel character, so to speak." But I thought it was going to be like something like a, 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 a like a big name that was somehow the cat or, or involved with the cat, and I. Actually, yeah, yeah, really yeah. enjoyed that it was just a terrifyingly dangerous monster known as a, a, a Flurkin, uh, who who is responsible for taking out Nick Fury's eye. That was great. I was just like, wow. I just that's the kind of thing that like when I think of like stuff I want to make. Yeah. Like one day, like I'm, I'm a person who like one day wants to direct a Marvel movie. Yeah. Like that's like my like very long term career goals. And, and that's the kind of moment that makes, that also is like how I felt watching uh, Ragnarok. Yes. Yep. Where you're just like, they must've been like, I wonder if we can get away with this. It's so silly and ridiculous. And then everyone's like, yeah, it's, yeah, do it. And then you're like, holy shit, I did it. Like. His eye got fucked up from a cat. And I will not He's say a monster. I know. And I will not say that this was planned all along, but if you go back to Captain America Winter Soldier, there is an actual line, which could have been about anybody, but it makes so much more fun sense right now, where Nick Fury says, and I quote, Last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. <laughs> oh my god. I forgot about that. That's brilliant. And so I love that. The I mean he uh, listen uh Goose does a lot of great things. Uh the Tesseract makes an appearance again which welcome, welcome back Tesseract the original uh red herring MacGuffin. Um 
and in the MCU, and yeah. uh, Goose <laughs> eats it to protect it. Uh, eats it along with then, eating a lot of Cree. Oh man, yeah. I'm glad in the uh, can I can I mention the oh the, yes so the, the after the credits game. yes so the second after credit scene is uh, and when the scene started so it's just a still a, a locked off shot of of his desk Nick Fury's desk of Fury's desk and Goose walks onto the desk and I was I was like I was sitting there and I was like is this whole scene going to be the the cat coughing up <laughs> the tesseract and then it was and I was like. That's another one of those moments where where they were like, and then we're gonna do um like an additional after credit sequence. It's gonna be crazy, and it's like so like it's just gonna be a locked up shot of the desk, <laughs> and then the cat's just gonna cough up the tesseract, and it's gonna go on for like two minutes, just two minutes of a coughing cat. That's brilliant. It's so good. It was very fun. Speaking of cats, oh, hey Zozo, I don't know if you can hear her. Meowser, Zozo. No, oh now okay. you're gonna be quiet. Get mm-hmm. out of here. You tesseract-eating monster. Um, Do all cats have tesseracts inside of their bodies? I don't know. Let's find out. Yeah, all right. Zozo, ready? We're going to do an experiment. Um, I will say um, I am a dog person all the way. Sure. I'm actually a little allergic to cats. Uh-huh. So, But, um, man, Goose really won me over. Hit the spot. Yeah, there uh, were definitely moments where I was like, oh, Goose. I also... And, oh, what was it? Months. And and then, of course, you know, tentacle monsters. Tentacle monsters are the best. Um, I will say sort of the next thing that I really did enjoy about this film uh, was actually the way that um, there were like legit real and different friendships between Carol and at least three other characters. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times, like I wouldn't even sort of count like. Well, it depends. Up until even Age of Ultron, there wasn't really, like, friend moments with the Avengers. It was all sort of like, they gotta do it, so they, like, go for yeah, it. Yeah, it, it was more like a group of coworkers who didn't hang out outside of the office. Right, 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 right. Than, like, like a buddy movie. Yeah, and they, they, in Ultron, they do have that one office party that goes awry where they try <laughs> to lift Thor's hammer, which is my, my favorite scene in that entire movie. That was a really good scene. Um, but no, so Carol, obviously, and Maria, her friend from when she was just, just Carol Danvers, uh, human Carol Danvers all the way. Human Carol, yes. Um, was, like, really legit, and, like, it felt like... It had that moment of um, when she finally comes back and they like see each other for, th- for the first time. Obviously, uh, Maria's daughter is like super pumped and like and then that's weird. And then you have that sort of moment of like long lost friendship. Like that, I saw a, a really nice um, and I want to get the, the actress's name right because it was super super uh, convincing for me. Uh, it was uh, Lashana Lynch, uh, yes. and she had that moment where she saw her best friend come back. And she was happy about it, but, like, angry that she was gone and didn't, like, not, like, angry at Carol, but, like, she couldn't be all the way happy. It wasn't movie cliche, like, embrace, like, cry, everything's fine. It was, like, trauma's real, and this is a person I thought was dead. And it was the most complicated moment in in a Marvel film of that particular type of scene. That It was so well, well written and well acted. Yeah. It was, and like when she's like, and then Carol's like, I know this is hard for you. And she's like, this isn't hard for me. And then like details the the grief and the mourning and like how that has impacted her life and the life of her child. Like that shit is so real and was so beautiful. And I was like, whoa, like I'm so glad they went there. You yeah. know, like 
it could have just been like you're back and like tears and hugs and but like it's complicated like you know there's so many emotions that go along with something like that and so I thought that was done really really well yeah so there was that friendship which was beautiful there was Carol and Fury's friendship that like like I don't know. Like sometimes I I love Samuel L. Jackson, but he can he can he can go completely human and, and beautiful, and he can go so over the top where mm-hmm. you know whatever. And I was glad it was like young Nick Fury, so he was a little yeah. more optimistic, a little more open to this sort of thing. And like yeah. they just had this kick ass platonic friendship by the end where they're just like, I yeah, loved it. this is it awesome. Great. It was like a buddy like cop a, movie at, at a certain. It was point. totally a buddy cop movie, yeah. and I love also like a lot of the marketing and promo around the film. It's just like the two of them being friends. Yeah, there was like something. The, like, carpool karaoke clips and all that like I just I'm I will eat up as much of that as the internet wants to give me like I they're wonderful together yes buddy comedy all the way and then the third and I I use this sort of term as friendship sort of lightly but I I still would kind of go there uh well you know maybe it is we just don't sort of see the tail end of it is Carol and Talos the mm. the scroll uh main bad guy weird air quotes played by Ben Mendelsohn um, yeah, who was great? Who was a weird standout for me? Like I obviously know him lately from the uh, Rogue One. He was the bad guy, and he's been in right, a bunch right, of other right. stuff. Um, but like they actually let him flex a bunch with the sort of main plot twist of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we sort of get into that before I can talk about him and Carol. Uh, in in the MC in the in the Marvel Comics universe, for those of you not um, engrossed in all of this, uh, neck deep as I as we both are uh, yeah. in all this nonsense, the scrolls for the most part are not uh, what they were in this movie. They are kind of just like evil infiltrator galactic takeover things and the Kree are no angels themselves in the MCU in fact in the Kree scroll war uh, I think that was a 70s arc or an 80s arc and there's been a million other sort of small stories since uh they're both dicks uh and earth is kind of caught in the middle and yeah. so when I heard that the scrolls were coming here I was like oh I'm like well there's a good villain for Captain Marvel but like I was worried that they would be cookie cutter uh and I knew that Yeah you don't yeah. want it to be that like kind of stereotypical Alien invasion bad guy. I didn't you know? I didn't want Thor the Dark World's Dark Elves, which had a great like lead actor being the villain, but like you know, oh they're just they're pissed at Odin. Cool. Like <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the whole th- that's the whole thing? Okay, kind great. Of, I mean, <laughs> and, and I will say that uh, Chris Eccleston, he's the one of the Doctor Who guys, um, one of the doctors. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he literally like chews scenery in the absolute best way, and while he tries so hard in Dark World, uh, the script doesn't let him do anything. Like, or actually, really, the editing and stuff doesn't really let him do anything. And I won't. I actually am not shitting on Dark World. A lot of people hate that movie, and I didn't like it that much uh, before. But when I just did my rewatch, I was like. Sorry for the tangent, but Thor The Dark World feels the most like a Masters of the Universe movie that I've seen since Frank Langella was Skeletor back in the day. Uh, So I was like, I was kind of on board for like swords and spaceships. Uh, Anyway, Mm -hmm. Uh, but no. um, So Talos in this film and the the scroll in general, uh, there's a there's a I guess a second act twist. Where yes, uh, you find out that they are not in fact the not only are they not the bad guys of the story, but it, they, the Marvel goes full on hard and goes, they're not the bad guys in this war. Mm-hmm. The Kree have been trying to stamp them out and they're basically shape-shifting refugees. 
And I was like, and it's funny because I don't think people that aren't engrossed in the Marvel world would ever sort of have that habit. I, 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 it just had a lot of like, kind of like what you said with Nick Fury's eye. It had a lot of like, oh, they're going there. They're taking an established character and honestly turning it into something that fan bullshit people probably won't like. Like they're yeah, they're they're pulling like, a Mandarin with it in a weird way from Iron Man. Like they're they're adjusting the story. Uh, what they're really doing is making it more complex and more interesting. Yes, and, and yeah, and I love that twist. Yeah, and I mean they literally and you know I, we we don't try to get too much into politics on this show, uh, but they literally turned them into an allegory for fucking border security and immigration. Like, there's multiple lines in this where I was like, holy fuck, Captain Marvel is swinging at literally government policy right now. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was impossible for those, the, the, like, the, like, the, the parallels with like what's going on in the world right now. It was impossible not to think about those. Like, in some of those scenes in this, like, second and third acts of the film. Literally turning the, the the what what the what the original narrative would be the villains or the others these shape shifting supposedly and they look monstrous when they're in their normal form to us sure they're wearing monster faces yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is uh, yeah but, it's technical it's a technical like, industry kind of thing <laughs> but uh, and then to turn that and just sort of be like no dummies like look at look they're refugees like. yeah. Look at like look at what's happening. Where follow the the blood and the money is as it were. Um, it's also super interesting because there was such a huge kind of like refugee storyline in Ragnarok too, and it's like they were handled very very differently. Yes, because that was so obviously like where is the good guy? These are his people. Like they are good, but like it's super interesting to see like just those. There were I definitely felt a couple parallels between this and. Uh, and Ragnarok, not not just because they're two. Ragnarok's like Ragnarok, Black Panther, and Captain Marvel are my favorite Marvel movies. If nice. I'm being uh, MCU movies, if I'm just listing my top three, those are my yeah. top three. I, yeah. um, Ragnarok, I think, is my my favorite. I mean, Ragnarok Marvel. is uh, such a, a beautiful beast in its own right. Uh, yeah. d- finally, knowing what to do with Thor, and hopefully making not yeah. not that the first two, the first two were fine, and he served the purpose as uh, the comic strong person. Uh, f- in conjunction with the other Avengers, makes total sense. How do you make Thor fun on his own? How, the right. same way that they managed to make Hulk sort of fun. Well, I guess they're not on their own per se, but like, there's a certain there's a reason why I think, and this is a personal opinion, and this is not a Marvel DC thing. I think Superman is real boring. And oh, I've always thought that. It's since because, I was a child. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I. But here's the thing: I also think that in the comics. Thor's real boring, Hulk's real boring. And it's because they're so OP and they don't like necessarily need anybody in those stories. Yeah. Like, like uh, there's no, for instance, there's no real reason Batman and Superman would hang out. (laughs) No, never. There's no situation that they need each other. Uh, And, and it was just nice that like Marvel's like, we're going to take these two characters, Thor and, and Hulk, and we're going to give them both purpose and, and things that they can only do in this particular story with one another. And that's very, very smart. Um, and I think that's figured out what to do with both of them. It was great. And, and sorry, tangent about Ragnarok, tangent about Ragnarok, but, but it's sort of a further call to what the MCU is doing. The MCU, um, especially after again, rewatching them all recently, 
there's some troubled there's some the first film was a 2008 uh mm-hmm. and obviously the discourse uh was a little bit different <laughs> back then uh and you watch some some of the the earlier stuff now and there's especially around Tony Stark there's some cringy shit uh and, and what's nice about the the MCU experiment is you can see them learning mm-hmm. like it's slow <laughs> and they're they're getting to a point yeah. uh but uh but you can see it yeah and this message honestly and and honestly the movie as a whole of Captain Marvel was like there, it was a definitive thing to me that they they understand the society in which they are now creating stories in. Yes. Um, and they, they they caught up. Yeah. Uh, it it took them a minute, but they're it did. They're, it took them. Let's be fair. Twenty one films uh, with little incremental things along the way. Mm-hmm. Um. So so the 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 twist of the scrolls was. By far, one of my favorite things in this film. The uh, yep. the other being uh, Annette Bening being Marvel, who is the original Captain Marvel. Yeah, uh, and I did not see that coming. No, I thought it was gonna be like when I saw her in the Supreme Intelligence that it appears as whoever you think is gonna be, you know, you who you think about. I thought it was gonna be her mom, her or her her commanding officer in the military, right, or the cat. Uh, but you know, I didn't know who it was going to be. And I was like, I was like, Oh, it's the fucking rock. on. Yeah. That Uh, was wild. So that was really cool. I'm trying to think of sort of other, what, what, what was your, what was your sort of, unless we've already said it, what was your like absolute favorite, like drop dead moment, uh, of the film itself? Oh my God. I don't know. I will say this. This is what I will say about this film. Something that I really, really loved. Yes, this is Marvel's first, you know, female-led film in the MCU. Yes. But they did they did such a good job. I mean, I don't even know how to, like, get into this. But as a woman watching the film, blah, 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 blah. But... I, I don't it think it, honestly so, it's not blah blah blah. It's it's what it is. It was it was incredible just to see, like, the friendship and the relationship she has with all these different people. Kind of like what you were talking about before, especially. I mean, it was it was. Wait, the Maria is it Maria yeah, and Monica? Yeah, yeah, it's Maria. It's Maria. Maria is the fr- right because Monica. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it was weird because her her name was Maria Rambo. And I could only think of Rambo when the name was ha- like like sliced alone Rambo, and I was like, yeah. "No, I got to get around this." I'm like, "Her first name is Maria." <laughs> I know. Well, and because the necklace she's wearing is Monica, but that's her daughter. Yeah. So, um, the relationship between Carol and Maria was incredible, and just something that like has been missing from the MCU forever, and it was just so refreshing. Yeah. I hate I hate even saying all this, but it's true. No, but the, it's it's also super homoerotic. Like, oh my god! Like <laughs> they were clearly raising a child together. I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Hey, if if the uh, if the Infinity Gauntlet fits, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. it was just it was there was a lot of this movie could have very easily crumbled under the pressures. Yes. <laughs> that that both ends of society 
both constructive and 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 destructive were putting yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. Um but it a hundred percent did not, and I feel like in a lot of different ways, their uh, Carol and Maria's relationship, the the refugee sort of subplot, the mm-hmm. even in the way the sort of like humor is portrayed, it just went above and beyond. What yep. even the way you know what even the way by the end of the film that Carol treated uh, Jan Rog uh, Jude Law. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there was a whole thing about like because in the beginning of this film, I will say this: this is a, this is a negative that turned my frown super upside down and made me like it even more. The first like <laughs> twenty minutes of this film is a bit cookie cutter space Buck Rogers. Like you need to be better. You need to know yeah. yourself. You can't rely on your power. Space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a very sort of like nineteen fifties hard sci fi golden age bullshit mentality. Uh, and I was like, oh, God, is this what this is going to be? And it, uh, it 100% did that on purpose to give me that right. feeling to then give me the catharsis of it not being that once yes. it goes. Uh, but when at the end, when they have their moment, like when it's literally come down to just two people going to get in a fist fight in the desert. Uh, and she that just, was, honestly, you know what? You asked me my fi- drop dead moment. <laughs> That's my drop dead favorite moment of the film. Because I was like, oh, God. Like, I was like groaning. I was like, oh, Jude Law's back to do more Jude Lawing. Yep. And again, I love Jude Law. Yeah, honestly, sure. As an actor, I really like Jude Law. And I was so worried, though, the way the movie starts and and everything up until the twist of like, he's actually shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, please don't make this like a romantic thing. Please don't do that. Like a different, a lesser film would have. Yes, a hundred percent. And they didn't. And then he, they have this like big showdown at the end, mirroring the opening training scene. And it's like, oh my God, he wants to fight hand to hand. I was like, this is so stupid. I cannot believe he's saying these words. And then she just shoots him with her blaster <laughs> hand. And I was like, I screamed. I was so happy. I was so happy. <laughs> It was such a wonderful <laughs> moment. Jones moment. Like, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and sort of uh, even after that, after that amazing sort of like stand up, uh, feel good, they didn't go there and they did something smarter moment. Yeah. She walks up to him and is really like, I don't have to prove shit to you. And like puts out her hand, helps him up. And like yes. doesn't like kill him for all the shit he's done or whatever. She nope. throws him in his ship, in his ship, and be like, she drags him around. Oh yeah, she, dra- she drags point. him, and then she throws him in the ship. She's like, "You're gonna tell all of them that I'm gonna end this war." Bye. And she like literally blasts the ship, and it just flies away. And I was like, "All right." I was like, probably there's a better way to deliver that message because I don't know that I trust him to actually tell them. But yeah, yeah, sure. Loved it. Loved all of it. Everything about it was wonderful. That made me very happy. Something that about final showdown was great. Yeah, and something about Jude Law's character Jan Rog, which uh, I also appreciated too. Um, there was the whole Ronin subplot played by Lee Pace, who was the villain mm. in Guardians of the Galaxy One. Yes. Uh, a lot of really fun sort of tie-ins with various things. Also, um, I can never pronounce his name. I feel terrible. Uh, D- Digimon Hanzo? Hanzo. Who plays Korath, who's played Korath in, in this and, and uh, the first Guardians. Uh, yeah. he, they have, like, he's one of Ronan's goons eventually, but he's working for uh, Jude Law in this one, and you can kind of yeah. see where that sort of happened. Also, I like that there's, like, still the accusers are, like, the Kree's sort of, like, for lack of a better term, like extermination squad, mm. and and even in even in um 
in Guardians, which is, takes place twenty or something years later, they right. like don't associate the Kree government doesn't associate themselves with the accusers because they're like rogue, like ancient faith sort of like they believe everything needs to be cleansed. So there's a moment <laughs> when when Jude Law's traveling to Earth to go get Carol Danvers, and uh, he, he, uh, Ronan calls and he's like, "Where are you? I got I gotta go do my job." He's like, "No, no, no, we got it." Like at that point, it was very like. Yep. There were two different, both bad ide- ideologies, but they were different. And it didn't make, like, whoever was the bad guy at the particular moment feel cookie cutter or feel yeah. stagnant. Yes. Uh, you've, Great. Yeah. So I liked that, too. And um, Yeah, I like that a lot. And then I guess the last thing we really haven't touched on, unless you think of anything else, is actually Brie Larson herself. Oh, my God. I could talk about this forever. I've, I mean, I've already I've, I've, – such a huge fan of hers yeah. since forever, but man, she fucking killed it. I'm sorry. I'm cursing so much. No, I'm just very the, you've heard the show. You know the drill. Yeah. <laughs> she was so good. She yeah. was better than she exceeded all expectations and just killed it. It was, it True. was, it was, she was a hundred percent Captain Marvel all day, every day. She, yeah. uh, I've loved her. For so long. Uh, so the, long. I, I've always liked her when I saw her in things, but the first time where I didn't recognize her and I was like, I need to find out who the fuck this woman is, was in Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> when she oh plays my God, I love that movie. Envy Adams. Oh, uh, Envy Adams. And, and she covers that metric song and it's awesome. It's and she, so fucking good. Scott Pilgrim, I'm not going to get into this too much because this is obviously a podcast about Captain Marvel. No, first of all, it. Scott Pilgrim is one of my all-time absolute favorite films. Same. Second of all, they could make spinoff movies with every single character that's only in it for two scenes, like Envy Adams or um, what's his face that Chris Evans plays. Oh my god, yeah, he's yeah. so funny. Yeah, such uh, a good movie. I would love to see um, a Wallace movie. His roommate. I would oh, love to I see Wallace. I would love to see. Uh, uh, I'd see a Knives oh. Chow movie. I'd see. Oh, who was the? Um, the only one I honestly probably wouldn't watch is, is Young Neil because he's very one note oh, in that film. But he was fun. <laughs> yeah, he was sweet. Uh, no, so that was the first time I saw Brie Larson and it was like, whoa. And then, of course, oh, yeah. uh, Room came out, not to be confused yes. with The Room. Um, very different. Very different films. Uh, and that blew my mind. Uh, and everything everything she's been in, even, you know what's funny? There was, um oh God, what's that terrible film that came out maybe three years ago? It was a smaller film. Scorsese produced it. Uh, it was uh, it was about arms dealers in a warehouse and it took place, I can't remember the name of it and it's fine because no one should watch it because the only good part of that movie was Brie Larson. Um, it was, oh Zoe, now you want to you give me a Tesseract? Oh, okay, maybe later. Uh, so anything she is in a hundred percent shines and, uh, there was, uh, I never really had a doubt that she'd pull it off. I'm glad that both, you know, the script and the directors and everybody involved sort of let her bring her best performance forward. I I was a little bit concerned that like, what if they don't like, they don't let her be her. Yeah. And they a hundred percent do the thing that she does. Yeah. 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 Like, you could totally go in another direction with this where it's, like, so over the top and so, like, bombastic. But there was so much nuance. I mean, there's so much, like, very subtle comedy in this film from her. I mean, Ben Mendelsohn has a couple moments. Like, everyone gets these, like, really subtle, almost, like, quiet moments of either, like, really deep emotion or, like, really funny deadpan comedy that 
a movie like this does not need to have. Yeah. But it's so much better for it. Yeah. And it's so delightful and just like real and fun to see. Um, she was great. She just destroyed it. And she was awesome. I very much agree. Um, I guess my final thought, and I'll let you sort of have the last the last word here on on Captain Marvel, but I'll just sort of say my thing. I, again, I got to go back to not only uh, all of the heaps of praises I have completely outweigh any of the one or two incredibly minor music editing gripes uh, that I have. Um, the, the thing I do want to go back to, though, is my original sort of thing about how this felt fresh in the MCU when even though when it's not fresh when when an MCU movie isn't like feeling like particularly new like Doctor Strange a lot of it for instance for me I still like them this movie felt so uh, just just different enough. It fits with the rest, but it doesn't also like have to lean on everything that like exactly came before. Yeah. Uh, and I think that does come down to a little bit what I said before about it's not a typical origin story. Like this isn't a tale of like a flawed person coming to terms with their their adversaries or the things that that, that are welling up inside them, their negative attributes, finding their power and like becoming a better person. This is a tale of someone who's already determined and powerful that's coming to terms with the flawed world that they live in, that they can now see. And that, Absolutely. and that's something I haven't seen in an MCU movie. The closest might be Black Panther, but that's almost only at the very end when Killmonger yeah. and him are sort of having the conversation at the end, where he like almost see he sees the reasons that Wakanda was wrong in certain situations. Right. Uh, but never on this sort of personal on a, on a one character thing has the MCU done this. So I I just really appreciated that, and uh, I am so fucking pumped that it was as good as it was. Me too. Um. Before I get into my final thoughts, yes. I want to just give a comic book nerd shout out um, to Kelly Sue DeConnick, okay. who has a cameo in the film. Ooh. Uh, I spotted her uh, and I cheered. What was her no cameo? She is, oh, what? She's just like walking in a crowd, but like she is very <laughs> much like, she has like bright red hair and like a very like strong, like she has a look. Yeah. And it was just very cool to be like, there she is. Like she was just like very like close to the center of the frame, like, but like in a crowd shot. Nice. I don't remember what was happening. It was when she's back on earth. Um, and then just like, she like is like the reason this film and the story are as good as it, as, as that, as it is, you know, she like recreated this character with yeah. her run of comic books and just like, like so much of the story is based on what she's done, which is just awesome. And then the other shout out, uh, Jamie, Jamie McKelvey, who designed the spacesuit that is featured in the film. He designed it for Kelly Sue's run of Captain Marvel books. Yep. And the moment where they're changing the color of the suit and she lands on the the red, blue, and gold. Oh my God, the theater cheered. It, it was so cool. good. And hers, honestly, def, like by far one of my favorite superhero suits in a film. Mm-hmm. Like that is a great costume yeah uh i was actually i was very curious i was very curious about uh how they were going to do that like and then i just liked that it could just be done also i've been playing a lot of a video game called warframe lately and warframe basically uh it's it's kind of like cyber ninjas in space so they're all sort of wearing like you you play these sort of like golems you inhabit that are all sort of cool and different looking but one of the coolest things about it is sort of the end level content of this game 
it, they start calling it fashion frame because you can buy color palettes and accessories and these oh. things and you can literally go down sliders like they literally did in Captain Marvel ah. and change palettes based on like you can either do whatever you want or take artistic suggestion from the game. So like I was getting a real fucking kick-ass Warframe vibe when her and the daughter nice. were just sort of scrolling through and the neon one happened. I'm like, stick with the neon one. Stick with the neon one. The uh, neon one? I know they were both They were both like, no. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, no. I was like, it looks like Tron. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, the uh, oh, it totally made me think a little bit of like in Mortal Kombat, how like all the ninjas and all the robots are the exact same suits, but in slightly different palettes. Yes. Yeah. Palette swapping. A hundred percent. Yep. When they're like, when they're like, boop, 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 like with the the sliders, I was like, I was like, this is just how they designed like the Mortal Kombat characters. In Scorpion, Sub Zero, Reptile, Ermac, Rain. Smoke? And smoke, and then I, the robots. Also no, noob Cybot like, was another noob one Cybot of them. Uh, Sector Cyrax also smoke was a cyber ninja. Also Sub Zero was a cyber ninja at one point. That's true. Mortal Kombat That's Eleven true. comes out soon, Carly. April twenty third. <laughs> I know exactly when it's coming. Yes, it's after my birthday, and that's what I'll be spending my birthday doing. Do you have a Do you have a PS4? No, I have a Switch. Can you get it on the Switch? Yes, you can. Really? Maybe I'll yeah. get it on the Switch. Maybe so we can play on that too. I uh, I I have been. I watched. I literally watched the announcement trailer. Like when they had like a live. So event. did I. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the live stream of it, and I was like, "Why am I watching this?" I was like, "I haven't played Mortal Kombat since I was in high school," but it was. We are really off on a tangent. That's okay. Mortal Kombat was my Mario Brothers and Mortal Kombat were like the the things that occupied so much of my time when yeah. I was in middle school. So I am thrilled that it's coming back. I cannot wait. Yeah, but sorry, uh, I, we, we keep we keep getting tangented off of your final. Final thoughts on the film. Um, I think that it lived. Look, I think the amount of hype that was surrounding it and what it had to live up to was wildly unfair. Yeah. Um, I think it still managed to be a fantastic film, despite it. Um, I think that the cast is incredible. The script's really, really, really solid. And it is definitely one of the most fun MCU films I've ever seen. And uh, I loved it. Yeah. That's my final thoughts. It was great. I agree. This has been the only podcast about Captain Marvel. Carly, Carly, thank you so much for coming and co-hosting this episode with me. Thank you so much for having me. I it's so good to get to talk to you and I'm sad I missed you here, but please tell him I said hello. I will actually I won't. I'll say you didn't like him at all and tell this was him way better him without him. No, yeah. of course I will. Uh no, this has been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. We actually do need to catch up more because uh, you know, by you know, by coastal friends are difficult sometimes, but uh it's challenging, I, I'm going to make I'm going to make efforts. Uh, where can folks Where can folks find you uh, when you okay. are not kicking all of the different kinds of ass you currently are? Well, uh, I am on all of the social medias as uh, Carly Tron. And uh, so you find me on there. And um, CarlyUsedin.com is my website. All my work's on there. I, I definitely post whenever new, like, new books are coming out or I have a film, a short film I just finished that's going to be at a couple festivals. So I kind of update all of those places with all of that information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the comic books are Heavy Vinyl, which the uh, trade paperback is available now. 
Oh, nice. Uh, I just have the originals. Uh, and you were oh, so yeah, nice. That's right. Big shout out to you, too. I had I could only find issues one, two, and four, everybody. And Carly, when she heard about it, it literally just sent me uh, the third one. And I was so delighted. I actually, I have them I have them right here. They're on my desk. Ah, there they um, are. So, so, so thank you for that. Everyone should check that out. Um, yeah, Alvancards is uh, first two issues are in stores. Uh, it's coming out monthly all year. So I should probably finish writing them. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the short film I made is called Misdirection, and it is going to be in a bunch of festivals. Uh, misdirectionfilm.com, if you want to see where that's going to that's gonna be playing in a city near you. Nice. Hopefully soon. Awesome. That's all I got. Good deal. Uh, you can always find me at my usual haunts. You can find me at matthewkroll.com, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. Also, you can check out some of the stuff me and the Extra Credits crew are currently doing on the YouTube box. Uh, what are we releasing this week? I think next week we're doing for Extra Mythology, we have Bronze Age Myth. We do uh, Gilgamesh and Enkidu BFFs. They throw out hard back in uh, ye old tablet times. Also, we are finishing up the Irish potato famine on extra history, and we have a couple amazing tales of uh, actually, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Good deeds in the video game industry on extra credits, which you don't normally hear about. Uh, so nice. check out all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I guess um, until next time, Carla, you got to come back. We got to start chatting about uh, what's your next this year, other than Endgame, of course. What's another movie you're pumped about? Ooh, man, I should. I, I'm like blanking, of course, just blanking on everything. Uh, I'm really excited for us, but that's out in like a few days, I feel yeah, like. That's fine. I was just curious because uh, the uh, obviously there are. Even yeah. though sometimes I forget, there's films, as she here tells me, outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that uh... apparently there are. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely am excited for a whole bunch of movies, and, and I'm like, I'm like, what movies are coming out? I can't fucking remember anything. You know what's weird? I, I was I actually just got excited because I saw the trailer for it, which should honestly just be a Final Fantasy game for Frozen Two. The trailer for <laughs> Frozen Two looks like a I, goddamn uh... Square Enix game. Uh... I. Hated oh no! Well, we had to disagree about something. Um, I can't. I could not. Stand I did that see it oh. before everyone made it like the mantra of children everywhere. Like I saw it, like mm. I think opening weekend. I was like, "This is a cool story, neat." Yeah. And then I just ignored it, and then it became a wave of of life. And I can totally see why people dislike it. But uh, I just I saw it the one time, and I loved it. And I'm looking forward to the sequel. I'm going to see it quick, and then not talk about it, and then never hear, and then mute it on all on the internet. Yes, forever i yes. heard um early reviews of shazam are saying it's actually pretty great yes i um, think that'll be another cool. uh, a fun that'll be finally the 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 dceu or whatever they're calling the whatever that thing is with nine joker movies is going to get its foot out of its uh schneider ass and and see if it can actually make something enjoyable um other than wonder know, woman right? wonder like, woman was actually dope i heard actually that uh aquaman was okay I still haven't seen it, but I, I, also, I heard it was just kind of like wacky and fun yeah, and ridiculous, which, which I love in a movie. Yeah. And then, oh, wait, I have one more. What's and it? Then, and then, why is my brain not what working? What do you got? Come on, you I'm can so do it. I'm the worst. I believe in you. Oh, uh, the new Men in Black. The new Men in Black. I'm super amped for the new Men in Black. Yes, 100%. Love the Men in Black movies uh, and just love tessa thompson so much love chris hemsworth get getting um, the ragnarok crew back together i know i so, think that's great so i'm hard. super jazzed for that one that um, one is a, a big one for me this year. agreed 
All right. Well, Carly, thank you so much once again. Thank you, everybody who was listening to our lovely discussion. And go, you know, you've seen Captain Marvel at this point, but might as well just go off and see it again. I, I mean, I, I'm going to. I'm going to see it again in the theater. Uh, I'm going to see it in the bigger, louder versions in, like, RTX and a couple other things. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. So anyway, bye, everybody. <laughs> bye. Bye.